Hello, everybody. I'm Bob Rivers, and uh, welcome to the Father and Son Show with Bob Rivers and Andrew Rivers. I called it a cage match sort of jokingly because, uh, well, I've been thinking I should spend more time talking to Andrew, more time mentoring my son, but, but actually, we don't really get along that well. We don't really like each other that much, except in a podcast, because we're both, like, we're both workaholics, I think. Although he's a millennial, so I'm not sure he understands the first part of that word. Some of my friends try to get me into Taylor Swift and they'll play a song for me, but then 10 seconds into the song, they pause it and they're like, okay, so this is about her ex-boyfriend, but her ex-boyfriend from like 10 years ago. It's actually like a remix version of the song because of a record label. Don't even get me started on the Jews. Uh, <laughs> you know what, there's like a Netflix documentary that explains all this. I'm like, Fuck, I didn't know there was Lord of the Rings backstory. <laughs> I missed season one of Taylor Swift. None of this makes any sense anymore. <laughs> you don't get that with rap music. You put on a rap song, you're like, that's why I f***ed your bitch, you fat <laughs> I know who that's about. <laughs> that fat right there. Andrew Rivers, welcome to the Cage Match. How are you? Thank you. Uh, it's an honor to be here. I just insulted you when you said thank you. I think that's perfect. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, people can uh, people can decide for themselves what they what they believe. So I have no interest in sparring this early. Mm, playing it close to the vest. All right, let's bring our moderator and dear friend Zip Zipfell. Zip, are you a godfather? Andrew's godfather? Aren't you the godfather of one of the kids? Maybe it's Keith. It's one of the two. I think it was yeah. Keith. <laughs> It sounds you like you take your duties very seriously. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> all right, Zip Zip Fell. He got the good one in the in the draft for yeah. over forty years. <laughs> who at times babysat uh, for Andrew and Keith. Uh, and anyway, so we're here because we have a lot of fun on the podcast. And uh, seriously, and Andrew was hanging out here recently, and I, and I just said, well, let's just do one with you and me because uh, I think it's interesting. There's uh, there's this dynamic of I'm old and out of touch uh but i think i'm more aware of being old and out of touch than a lot of old and out of touch people that's my saving grace and andrew is this um is this millennial hard-working uh comic but these days work like work used to be the flintstones you used to get in your car you used to start it with your feet and you'd hold the crow down and you'd you'd go to work and and now work is like sitting in front of a device all day um you know, plotting your spot, self-promoting yeah, your spot in the digital yeah. sphere. And so I thought, it honestly, this isn't just about me mentoring Andrew. I, he's mentoring me. He's done a lot to teach me about the digital world and, you know, how he lives. And, and yeah, we're father and son, so we're sometimes weird together. Is that a good description to start off? As opposed to, uh, as opposed to when you were working, you know, when you just... Uh drove into a building every day and talked to your buddies for a couple hours and then drove home. Uh, you know, it was real tough, I'm sure. You forgot you know? the part about uphill in the snow. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes. So, yes. all right, no, no, this is good. So the impression you have is it was easy because... Oh, no, I don't. I, 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 I think oh. you worked very hard and... But I was just comparing what I do to what you do because you were trying to be cute and go, this guy over here just goes click, boop, like, reshare, and that's my whole job. And then, uh, you know, all of a sudden you just get millions of views and then you go fill stadiums. I mean, it's not that hard, you know? So Yeah. Oh, oh no. It's I, – I admire how hard you work. It's just – um, it's just a whole different ecosphere. This, uh, my device is my connection to the world. And I guess it's perfectly natural to you, right? Because you've never known another time. Yes. Um, the, uh, the, the billionaires that be decided that we would all become addicted to our phones. So, you know, they made, um, you know, they designed every app after Candy Crush and uh, made you buy extra uh, 
jawbreakers or whatever. And now, uh, you know, you don't have mm. a retirement account. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that sums it up pretty good. Um, yeah. Do, how do you, I, I want to hear, I want to dig in a little. I want to hear how you, how you view each day. Like when you wake up, do you have a to-do list from the day before or do you just wing it? Like, do you just get on the device and let its magical heroin addictive like properties manage your life? How does it work? <laughs> You're not far off. Uh, there's usually like a, a weekly to-do list, you know, there's, mm -hmm. I try to view it, um, you know, I try to view it a little bit in the terms of like the weekly goals, you know, there's like daily goals, there's weekly goals, there's long-term goals. You got to kind of break it down, but each week is a week to attack, right? Because I know that usually Thursday through Saturday or Sunday, I'm performing, I'm working, which mm. means Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday is sort of free time. But even that is spent writing and, and writing about the week before and, you know, trying to go over the lessons that I learned on stage from the week before and and then how do I apply the I, I think of it a lot in terms of like the football season these huh? guys go out and play violent chess once a week but they spend all all week preparing for that moment you know because a thing that you used to tell me is that uh the stage time is the frosting of the cupcake. It's all the boring stuff that makes up 90% of the, uh, of the, of the comedy cupcake, if you will. So, well, that's like, uh, in the restaurant business, 90% of the effort is prep. And then you throw the stuff into the wok and you cook it up pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. So, did I mean, just, for me, it's call, about, did you, am I, can I, can I stop you for a second? Did you just call football violent chess? Yes. <laughs> that's awesome. That's my favorite favorite analogy. Wow. Uh because that's, you know, the, that's the whole game, you know, is is just all these pieces and how can you move them around and they each do different things and then can you take the other guy's head off? Yeah. There's a uh, a really great Netflix show that's uh just came out called Quarterbacks and it follows I think three or four different quarterbacks throughout the whole season. And so you see them at home getting their massages, the guys, you know, screaming in pain. And then he still has a game to play in four days, even though internally, every time he scratches his butt, he's, you know, getting a shot of pain through his whole body. And so um, it's really fascinating to see, you know, I, you know, there's, there's a lot of similarities in my mind of, of athlete to, you know, you're performing, there's a whole thing and the game is a lot of mental, you know, yeah, there will yeah. be times on stage where I'm, I flub a line and I'm freaking out and I'm, and I, I've got to get refocus and get my head in the game. And, and, uh, you know, just like if you throw an interception, you can't really dwell on what you already fucked up. You've just got to go back and, yeah. and keep making the next play better. And so, um, I try to listen to a lot of like sports psychology and um, stuff like that. But I love the sports analogy. And what's interesting about the sports analogy is that this is nothing new in human civilization. I mean, what you just described, what we do to football players is very similar to uh, the Christians and the Lions. The Lions not being a, a, a sports team at that, at back in those days that were hungry lions <laughs> and we would throw them yeah, in there you were to, going to middle school right that's, that's that what i was in middle school <laughs> and we would throw them you were in riding there your dinosaur uphill and uh yeah on, on the way yes but we would throw them in there for our amusement at their at their physical you know i mean is it torture or or, or is there something about macho guys maybe some macho women too but i'm trying to be equal opportunity but where they actually like risking their lives you know on a team with a chance of being physically hurt and maybe people are in the sports because there's just not enough wars anymore i mean it's just a thought well there's plenty of war going on it's just not televised uh, by the way there's too much all war is too much i didn't mean not enough but you know what i meant
not enough. Well, if you you know you you just you know a couple more years hopefully, and uh, we'll we'll be in another big one. I think so. <laughs> it's looking that way. No, but you, you know what I mean. In, in other words, uh, Zip, what do you think? We're we're aggressive, aggressiveness, and doing battle is part of who we are as a species, isn't it? Yes, it is. Uh, I, I was just going to say, speaking of doing battle, this was supposed to be the big cage mask. You guys are being yeah. so civil to one another. It's I like know, this is, two old it's friends early. meeting give on it, the street. Give people. it time here. <laughs> you can't force well, the no, confrontation. You know, it's got to happen, you know? Yeah. Well, it's very interesting looking in from the outside, from the studio audience. Uh, Bob, you had the same performance thing with the anonymity of being a voice on the radio and Andrew does it live in person where kinetically, I mean, he suffers the pain if it blows up and in his face. Instant feedback, good or bad, but right. he gets the good, he gets the laughs. I got to look over there and say, did I make Zip chuckle just a little bit? And well, if, if my audience was comprised of zips, I'd have a much bigger career because he is a, he <laughs> laughs at laugh almost anything, you know, generally He's an easy yeah. one. Yeah. So you'll uh, be billed for it later, Andrew. No problem. <laughs> yeah. So, so Zip, do we usually fight more? I mean, it always feels stressful to us like we're fighting because we're both creatives who are used to controlling our own stage. Does that make sense to you, Andrew? I don't feel uh to me it's just second nature to uh to rib you and to to pull your ponytail on the playground a little bit and uh i i i mean again i'll get in trouble sometimes with friends because i'll make jokes and everyone loves a good joke until it's sort of about them and so yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, this is just how I talk so with wait a people. Minute. I, and I've been taking this. That's personal. why I don't so, have a lot of friends. But yeah, so you, <laughs> you don't think we're old and out of touch? I I, I was like taking it. I personally. mean, I didn't. Those words never came out of my mouth. Absolutely, you're. I'm summarizing. <laughs> you are old and you are out of touch but okay good and i want to know is, yeah. there's a reason they more. call it blissful ignorance you know mm. you know <laughs> but he does make a concerted effort to remain yeah, yeah. in touch yeah he does i mean you're young and on the couch okay and and that's okay because i understand that the couch is your office it took me a while to understand that but your mother doesn't understand that when you come over and you're on the couch she's like I, you know, he's 38 years old. <laughs> he's on the couch. So she doesn't get the whole work part of it. Sure. I mean, there's, you know, especially at my stage, I have sort of cut out all the middlemen by uh, necessity. You know, I have a manager. He doesn't really respond to my texts or emails. So, <laughs> uh, you know, which why would he? I'm not making him any money necessarily. So... Mm. Um, if I cut out all the people that do the mindless activity and do it myself, I reap all the rewards and I get all the failure, you know? So yeah. I'm already comfortable with that in the performance aspect. So <clears throat> it's nothing to me to, to track down venues and research them and, and find out uh, what's going on out, out in the world, you know? Do you think of yourself as an influencer? No. Huh. I think that influencers have, um, well, it's in the name. They have an ability to influence people, you know. I think that, um, you know, the three or 400 people that look at my Instagram every day and my Facebook every day, I don't think, you know, every time I post a link to my shop, I don't, you know, I might sell one t-shirt a week. That's, you know, I don't know if that's influencer category necessarily, like maybe at a very small yeah. scale, but I, you know, no, no, uh, no vitamin, uh, snake oil company is hitting me up to go, okay. we'll pay you a thousand dollars to post our, 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 uh, our cream on your Instagram so that you can get people to buy our, our bullshit. You know, that's so when you reach instagram uh, influencer territory i think you're using the word influencer as uh, as the narrow definition of someone who 
gets people to buy products on social media. Well, and influence I, you influence yeah. behavior. Yes. And to me, every performer is an influencer, a musician, a comedian, like the whole thing you're doing is connecting with people to the point where they want more of you because you give them something else no one else can. That's influence. No? It's debatable. Uh, you know, you would think an influencer pretty, no. would be able to make money, but... Mm. Uh, um, Sure. I mean, if you, if you're saying I can influence somebody's mood, if they come into my show with a with a bad day, leave going, wow, that guy's fucked up. At least I'm not that. You know, I feel good about myself. You know, maybe in that in that essence. But that makes even the homeless influencers. I mean, we're all influencing. Mm. You know, one way mm. or the other. The people that come up to me and go, you're from Seattle. Oh, the homeless people spit on me, and I go, well, he's influencing you to not walk down that dark alley you know mm. Mm. interesting i uh, yeah it's just when does it become a career you know uh well you have so here's the thing you're doing the small ball thing now but you also have tens of millions of views online so many many people have scrolled past my videos yes that is yes. correct but but i mean that's interesting <laughs> because um it's small and big like and every single person who has one of these essentially has their own television studio, their own streaming broadcast platform, and the ability, and dare I say, it feels like people have the, feel like they have the responsibility to create a, 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 a media piece. About Everybody is a Kardashian. Me. You can have yeah. a reality show at, at at your fingertips you know now are you as interesting and and do you generate an audience necessarily maybe not but mm. everyone has the capability that's why it's so funny people constantly ask like how do i become a comedian and it's like rent a theater sell tickets and if people show up you can do that on day one you know sure there's sure. no, you, you, there, you don't need permission to make art necessarily. But you, yes, that's true. hundred percent true. But you left out have an act. Well, I've seen many comedians that don't have an act sell out a comedy club. So get her done. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> Cage match. <laughs> get her done. Uh, wait a minute. That's Larry the Cable Guy. Sure. Yes. I mean, I'm just being. Uh, saying, now we can fight about something. I'm being You're a little. Larry... I'm being a silly goose, you know, just yeah, to start yeah, yeah. something. But I mean, he he he's not current, but massively. No, and huge. he certainly yeah. had an act that other people yeah. gave him, and and uh, you know, all all more power to you. Where where could I go panhandle an act that would sell out the Paramount Theater eight nights in a row if people gave are giving those away? Well, you have to buy them, but oh, 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 oh! Are you saying he had writers? Yes, and himself. Got it. So your hope is to stay small enough that you never have writers. I would love to outsource anything possible. Okay. <laughs> I don't think it would be as authentic. You know, I don't do the right. type of comedy that necessarily other people can write. Um, uh, a lot of people, I struggle some, a lot of comedians are a lot of, there's a lot of collaboration where, mm -hmm. um, you know, you can, I can have an idea and then I call up a couple buddies and they write a little tag or something, but it has to fit like a yeah. Tetris piece, you know? So it Your has to sound like me, it has to make yeah. sense. And it also has to make me laugh cause I'm the one who has to perform it every night. That's right. And then right. the compromise is that it has to also make them laugh. So But in the in the in the pro world, once you are a a voice, a branded voice that people know what to expect of you, other people can write for your voice. I mean, I yeah. I've just seen that not just with Larry, but you know, uh, Johnny Carson, uh, uh, Jay Leno, all the tonight uh, all the evening hosts have a unique point of view. Um and um you know, material and it is whatever their corporate sponsor overlords tell them it is. Yeah. All right, then. <laughs>
Every once in a while, Andrew says something I cannot disagree with. Let's mark the time. The corporate I overlaws. Andrew, when yeah. did you, did his celebrity radio personality career, obviously, in, to use an influencer term, influence you to become a stand-up? Somewhere along the line, was it a, you know, an aha moment? That's what I want to do. Or he can do it's it. Very it. It a, yeah, it's very slow. Yeah, it's a, you know, when you indoctrinate, your children it's not immediate you know it doesn't Nate. like it's not right. like they they read it, the they read clifford the big red dog and then uh, then they think all big red dogs are are the size of a house you know immediately it's a it's a slow burn so um but certainly i mean he used to watch the tonight show with jay leno every night so just to spend time with my dad i'd have to sit with him in front of the idiot box you know and um you know uh which 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 indoctrinated him to being on the couch yes yeah. yes so you know, yeah i think the biggest influence um i was actually thinking about this on the drive uh over here today is uh, the thing i might bring up in a complimentary way is that one of the things i love about my dad and his career and and his comedy voice if you will is that he sort of zigged in a time that everyone was zagging my my career is about underpriced attention right where can i go yeah. that no one else is really doing because otherwise you get lost in the noise and my dad sort of came else. up in an era of radio that was shock jock and say you know tom Likas and say ridiculous things and he went almost the opposite direction where he was like i'm just having a conversation with my friends and it's going to be an honest, empathetic conversation. It's going to be interesting. And so I think a lot of people gravitated towards him because they felt like they were developing a relationship with him through the radio and they could get a sense of his personality. And they were sick of the yelling. Like if you watch sports television is a great example. It's mm -hmm. all Skip Bayless and Stephen A. Smith, these guys that argue with each other and they go lebron james sucks and then there yeah. goes lebron james is amazing and they fight I, for the an way. hour and then they go we'll be right back a message from coca-cola and <laughs> the only reason people watch it is because they get angry at the they go well fuck you for saying lebron is tom brady and whatever and so it was really admirable to me that he could you know make an honest living if you will um and uh, in in a in a maybe not so honest field, you know, right. where That's everyone's playing a character. Uh, Andrew, and I, I have to cut you off here because uh, uh, <laughs> what, what you're saying is so nice. Yeah. Got to stop no, it was it. Yeah. it was too nice uh, because all those people you mentioned, like or Lycus or Howard Stern or you know all these uh, monstrous radio personalities, um, they were all you know, filling stadiums where we had a nice little family show in, in one city, uh, which is the equivalent of you waking up and having 300 likes uh, compared to Taylor Tomlinson, who is selling out the Venetian seven nights in a row. So it, it was it was definitely, um, it was a time of edgy radio. I mean, when I think of the things we used to do now, on the radio, you got you you never got the opportunity to be on these bigger platforms, you know, which is uh, something we'll probably have in common. The, the <laughs> idiots in charge don't necessarily know what's good for them. So, so here's something I found: if you call them the idiots in charge, they they actually <laughs> um, they don't warm up. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's the yeah. you know that's the beauty of what what I've carved out for myself now is. Yeah. No one can take anything away from me except Zuckerberg necessarily, but, yeah. um, you know, I'm not necessarily reliant on NBC or I'm not reliant on Coca-Cola to pay my bills. So I have the freedom, July 4th, wave your flag. I have the freedom to uh, pursue the things that I want, you know? Do whatever you want. Absolutely. That's And that's the beauty of what you do, that you're a entrepreneur or solo act. You know how many freaking keyboards I used to have a lug, lug around with amplifiers and speakers and 
uh, you know, and, and, and a radio I mean, show. I had like, is an Uber driver and he has plenty of freedom too, you know, yeah, but there, <laughs> there's to it, so. no, but I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we had like eight employees. We had a big sales department. We had all the, it took 50 people, uh, to essentially, uh, sell the morning show and run the radio station. So the and fact now that you Facebook travel does like, all that for me, you know, I just yeah. post on there and they're like, we'll find the ads for you. You just focus on being funny. And uh, that's my middleman yeah. right now. But Zuck is your corporate overlord. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you upset the Facebook algorithm, you, you know, you're no. you're banned for seven days. You're shadow banned, as they like to call it. Um, yeah, there's certain, has that, has you that know, happened even to you? because. Well, not necessarily uh, in that format, Recently? but like, okay, I'll post a video that says like men are dogs and they'll say that's hate speech. And you go, what, are, what are we doing? Can we not, Yeah, you know, um, it's a joke. It's a whatever it's on your definition of what exactly it is that a dog does, because there are certain parts of it that are indisputable, basically. Yes. Men are dogs. Yeah. So, I mean, but it really was just an analogy of like, you just pet him and feed him and uh, let him hump the, the couch and, uh, you know, whatever. It's, uh, I forget the old joke, but that's just the first thing that popped in my mind. But um, yeah, you know, there there's definitely things you look out for and I have to bleep certain words. And even now with your God Smokes Cannabis video um you know cooper who is the my cousin and the the actor in the video is oh i my friend at high times magazine might repost the video but i need something without subtitles because now the computers can read the words yes they and can so, yes i was about to know, ask about that yeah so even us so if you, you know a lot of negative. people when they talk about yeah. like self-harm you know they'll say unalive instead of the other version you know yeah, yeah, yeah. and okay. it's like so the, and that's know. only we're only at the beginning of that because the algorithms are going to um, they're going to be able to read facial expressions. They're going to look at what's on your shelf behind you and know that somebody should send you an ad to buy that product. They're going to basically scour your life for information. They're already I mean, that's already TikTok looks at your eyes to see how long you're actually engaged with the video. And mm. um, I mean, my TikTok algorithm used to be girls and bikinis and now it's like lower back stretches you know because they know that that's the one i'm actually paying attention to <laughs> i i sort of feel like with social media now there's almost more censorship than ever um last week there was a congressman uh who made a remark about um th there was this, this story about the military and how uh, you know, Republicans want to make it harder to get in the military if you're gay or rainbow pride or whatever. And uh, and, and this guy was saying, uh, oh, oh, and I guess harder to get in if you're black. Anyway, this this congressman says something about well, everybody should have an even playing field, whether they're colored or black or whatever. And the Internet freaked out because he used the word colored. And um, Zip, when we were younger, that was. That was Acceptable. the appropriate term. <laughs> yeah. <We're coming laughs> There's no comparison. Yeah. I was just going to ask you, Andrew, when you get clipped on or, or censored on Facebook, do you think it's just an algorithm or is there actually a body watching and noticing? Is it just combinations of words? It's hard to it? say because sometimes getting clipped just means the video didn't perform well and you're like well was it a shitty joke was it bad camera quality was it whatever did i start the joke in the wrong spot that made someone just scroll past it instead of pause for at least three seconds oh, okay and it could be any number of those things so but uh you know i, I actually just posted a video to youtube about how i self-produce my own shows and it said limited advertising due to content. And I was like, this is the most harmless joke ever. And it says request mm -hmm. a manual review. And so I hit the button and then two days later it says, oh, our bad, you're good, go ahead. Right, right, and right. so oh. there is a time where you can request a human, but sometimes it'll still come back and say, nope, we disagree. 
and you don't get to call anybody up and go, Hey, can I argue my, it's not like traffic court where you can go, <laughs> but I have a point, you know, they just go, no rubber stamp. You're out of here. Uh, there's another aspect of this uh, is that it's so automated as, as well as what Andrew just described that you could, um, you're like submitting a record to a radio station for airplay to go with a real old analogy. Some of the records get in a pile. Some of them brought in by a promoter and they get promoted more. Uh, some of them are accompanied by a, uh, a little bit of cocaine and they get on the air <laughs> right away. Um, and, and some of them, which may be fantastic records, end up on the bottom of the pile because it's just not what the radio station needed or prioritized at that moment. And I do feel with uh, like here, here's a couple things I know about Facebook. If I post a video that's a link to YouTube, tumbleweeds, hardly anybody sees it because it's a YouTube link. And, and Andrew has told me that if I post it in the comments, that it's it's less uh, squelched because people in the comments are participating in the conversation and Facebook knows that. But I'm pretty sure by now. Facebook knows I posted it in the comments to get around their algorithm. You know what I mean? And so yeah. it's this cat and mouse game where you never actually get to see the cat and you're just the mouse is kind of what it feels like. It doesn't feel fair at all uh, to a performer. Now, what is fair, right? They built the platform. They are allowed to make the rules. You want to you wanna do a thing? Buy Twitter and tank it yourself, you know? I'm sure I could have competed in that, uh, you know, in that effort. Um, yeah, I, I, I know this gets to unionization. So it's, it's hard to complain because yeah. it's like this thing will give you millions of views and a platform yeah. and attention and a, and a, a way to make a living, but then it can I'm, also just take it away at a moment's notice. It's a take and it go, away. And cor yep, corporate overlords and that and Zuck's the boss and he's the billionaire. But I think there's too much acceptance of that these days that the billionaires get to run everything. I mean, I honestly think your generation is too lazy to protest and get off the couch. Like, oh, did I just bleep myself out? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, again, why, Facebook why, why, responded to resounding pressure from other people, you know? Like, when a lot of this backlash, too, is like well-meaning, well but like, in the middle of COVID, nobody knew exactly what was real and what was, you know, was this a lab leak? Was this a whatever? And now there's been still 17 studies that say different things. And if you even posted something on Facebook that was like, the vaccine is not effective, you're banned from posting That's for 10 I mean. days. Yeah. And now yeah. you're allowed to make fun of the vaccine all you want. And it's so, like, well, why couldn't we do that necessarily at the beginning? Why because were we the, being censored, you know? Because the aforementioned corporate overlords, which don't, I don't fear them too much. I mean, I'm sure they could find a way if I became a priority. Like if the president got mad at you and the IRS would audit you, something could go wrong. But, uh, but the, I think there needs to be more activism on the part of young people uh, to make things better. I, I don't even need the, need the word fair. Um, What's bad about this is it's a race to the bottom because whatever uh, whatever tickles the fancy of the uh, algorithm and makes the most addictive. It's sort of like big food makes food that's full of sugar, fat, and um, you know uh, processed chemicals that are make you an addict to it. And to me, that's how our media is being run now too. And people are literally ants, you know, crawling on the honey uh, or the melting ice cream cone, doing whatever. <laughs> Zip, I, I, have I got you on this one? Oh, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Can you, know, you imagine I, if, if, if the government stepped in one day and said, listen, we're, uh, you know, no cell phone use for the next 30 days. Hmm. What would happen? What would happen oh, to yeah. America in general? Yeah. I mean, people I, would flip out entirely. I think. But I think what we're experiencing now is, is uh, yes, we're so addicted. Uh, and yes, we can't live without them. But I think the way we're being controlled uh, is going to border on cruelty soon to um, to love and and humor and laughter and the human, you know, the human race's chance to promote, have the cream rise to the top. 
Do you think the cream rises to the top now, Andrew? I don't I don't think it ever has. I think there's a perception of back in my day, but like who says Tom Brokaw was the best bro- he was just the guy who got the shot and who got picked by a guy and you know, there wasn't yes. I think there's more opportunity and more fairness now. Anybody uh-huh. can go blah 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 and post it to TikTok and get a million views on the very first time that they post it you know yeah so, so if there's this, mind, if there were these two guys let's call them i don't know john and paul uh, in a room making incredible music and the most brilliant writers of all but they just couldn't throw monkey poop um I, you know, or they couldn't <laughs> hang off the back of a pickup truck with a skateboard singing a Fleetwood Mac song. I, I think that uh, I think there's uh, I, I think there's damage being done to the ability of how real many, art. Now. How many bands did you quit when you were, you know, how many bands were you even in that you just you never quite got a shot with a record label? You never quite whatever that. If you'd put in a couple more thousand hours, maybe something could have happened, you know? Uh, but that those those bands were nurtured. Those bands were discovered. Record companies curated artists and sent A&R guys, artists and repertoire guys out to scour the country. Let's use your sports analogy like a baseball scout would to find the next great pitcher. Um, and, and, yet and when there are they, still people that go undrafted that make the Pro Bowl and the Hall of Fame. I'm so not like, saying, clearly yeah. the people in charge have no fucking clue what they're doing. Uh, many of them did. Uh, many of them did as, as, as you know. I mean, uh, someone I'm, gave you a career, for God's look, sake. I mean, we had know. we had classic rock. You had this garbage that you grew up listening to. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, it's some of the greatest music of all time uh, curated over time. And, and now today, I'm not saying there isn't great music out there, but I'm saying there's so much ear candy and... Uh, artificial. Well, whose fault is that 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 ah. you fall victim to this? You know, everybody knows McDonald's is unhealthy. There's still a line. That's the consumer's fault. Actually, now that Everyone I use the has app, I just drive up and the food need. is ready. There's everybody no line. knows yeah. Fox News and CNN is manipulating you. They nope. still click on the TV every day. No, nope. everybody See, knows. No, they don't know. They don't know. I know some of these people. I love them. They're friends of mine. And if they see something on a news channel, they assume it wouldn't be on there unless it was true. And unlike you and I, your job is your professional couch person. I understand that. But unlike you and I, they uh, don't have time to... uh, read multiple points of view or subscribe to the the wall street journal cost me like 360 bucks a year to subscribe to and no one i know even the smartest people i know read it and what's in the wall street journal is not the fox news stuff it's not the let's get the uneducated to chant about uh you know uh, lbgtq or immigration what's written yeah yeah. yeah, what's written in fox news is written by the moneyed brilliant smart shepherds of conservatism about how to um, keep wall street thriving and healthy and how to um interpret and sort of move the population around i mean that's the most brilliant stuff out there and it's not even brilliant because it's it's i mean it's brilliant if you know how to interpret it but in order to interpret the wall street journal you have to also read the new york times and both of those things cost money and the general population does not have access to information. We used to go to the YouTube, library. YouTube, it's free, my friend. It's free. I just love watching old concerts there. It's not going to teach. It's going to teach me how to grow potatoes in a barrel if I want to, because it did when I was in Vermont. But is it going to fix uh, the incentives for creativity and cream rising to the top? that essentially is the opposite of the business model that we're in right now. The business model now is addiction. It's just like food. I mean, it's it's addiction and um, habit forming, uh, not nutrition. And if you wanna eat nutritiously, as you know, 
you got to subscribe to the Wall Street Journal of Food, whatever that is. Maybe go hard work. Trade. Yeah, I mean, yeah. certainly yeah. you have to find the information, but that's no different from. I mean, I think the news in the '60s was lying to you, also. I think we were just less aware yes, of it. Yes, but they were a coordinated attack of lies to keep everybody calm. It was like, uh, did you hear about JFK banging Marilyn Monroe? Yeah, let's not go with that tonight. Okay. Uh, there is, thank God there is no Drudge Report. That's not going to get out. Okay, let's instead, uh, let's look at what the military-industrial complex says about our war in Vietnam. We're winning, we're winning, yeah. we're winning. Okay, we'll put yeah. that on there. So yes, that kind of fake narrative running has always been done. It was done extremely well when there were only three networks. It's funny that you mentioned that the goal was to calm everyone down, and now the goal is to rile everyone up. Because that's the business model. It's yeah. been turned on its head. It's been turned on its head now, so the only way to win is to get people angry and divided. And Donald Trump didn't make that happen. He he just took advantage of it. But yeah, as you see, that button gets less effective over time. Which button? You know, you you the the you know the outrage button. The, the, the bell that he's ringing, the dog whistle, oh, oh. stops working the more that you use it. You know. Yo, well, all... can I make it? Yeah. Please sir. An old white man's observation here. Back in Are our you day, qualified? Growing up in our time, you know, we had the three networks, maybe a UHF with the Stooges or whatever. Mm -hmm. Two daily newspapers or or, or whatever. Um, the, I think the, the only social media platform where anybody got a chance to mouth off and get their point across was the op-ed page in a newspaper. Yes. And now yes. everyone and when, has a bullhorn and a broadcast studio in their pocket. And every so, and it's single, global. it's not yeah, just every national, single, it's global. Every single word you read is an op-ed page because there is no standard of factual news now. I mean, every article I read, I go, oh, uh, I'm in the Wall Street Journal, right? This is slanted against liberals. Or I'm in the New York Times. This is slanted against conservatives. And it's the news. It's not the op-ed. It's just that's the paper has to appeal to its customer base. And the customer base is in this herd or that herd. And there's two big that's herds, why I of think course. that those don't, I think we, like, it's designed to keep us fighting about the stuff that is really not that important. Whereas if you yeah. get above yeah. it and you look at the geopolitical, like, you know, like there's, so, it's so much more complicated. And that's why I kind I have this joke where I, I kind of, I'm like, I don't, I believe in the deep state, you know, where there's like a secret government running shit. And uh, just cause I'm optimistic, like, otherwise that means that these you know, we have a president with the attention span of a goldfish and the last guy was literally a goldfish, you know, like <laughs> they're in charge. That seems irresponsible. Yeah. So it's all it's almost it's almost more um, comforting to believe that it's a fake news plot, because if it's real, yeah. it's real screwed up. Yeah. Keep them busy with this and keep them mm -hmm. distracted and we can just move forward in a, in a general direction. I mean, that's what it feels like. I mean, that's again, I'm I'm hopeful that that's what it is. Otherwise, I was I was, by the way, I was watching Zip lean in thinking he was about to say something, but he just gave that news anchor look and went. <laughs> no, I was going to you got to factor in the dopamine, the addiction of anger and all that other stuff that <laughs> that roundhouse of people screaming at each other. It's like a rugby scrum, you know, <laughs> the, the comments and on any particular topic. It's it's really feeding a weird part of humanity. I have to. Yeah, that's my. And, and, that's my. And, and by the way, Andrew, I think about your lifetime, which will be longer than mine. Uh, good Lord willing, God bless. But I, I think about like the next five, six decades of what you're going to experience uh, in the direction the world is going in right now. And yeah, sure, it's a typical old guy. The world is going to hell in a handbasket. I'm worried about the next generation or whatever. Uh, but as I actually see the handbasket I mean, marching the towards hell. boomers weren't so yeah. worried while they were ruining the next generation. But no, yeah. we weren't. But, uh, and by the way, you have my sincere apologies. We lost We lost our way. It was peace, love, and understanding. Well, you know, I, I think about this a lot, too, because, you know, on the last podcast, even, I almost brought it up, you know, where we're so anti-capitalism, but... 
sometimes when you zoom out and you look at the rest of the world, you think like, well, we have fared pretty well and capitalism, capitalism incentivizes some of this ingenuity that, that's been unique to uh, us necessarily. And so- Give me, give me an example. It, uh, now every action has an opposite or equal reaction the same way that when I was in seventh grade setting up a balloon on a straw across the living room and you let out the balloon and it goes the other way, it does incentivize some um, selfishness where now you see the boomers hoarding all their wealth and refusing to give it up. And, um, and, and now we're going to reap some of the consequences of that. But right. When you uh, look uh, at the, can you, can you hold 40, on? I want 40 to back up of a little. home buyers this year right. were boomers. A Andrew, Andrew, back up a little. Cause I, you're saying such great stuff, but I have no chance to get you to expound on it. Um, all right. The, I don't know where to begin. I'll, I'll, well, no I'll... system is perfect. So, you know, what, which, yeah, okay, which one do fair. you want? That's a good yeah. spot to begin. So since no system is perfect and this one's going to hell in a handbasket, how do we get a little further away from hell and a little closer to perfect? And I think what it's going to take, honestly, is a groundswell. I think it's going to have be another generation, maybe not yours. Maybe the kids you haven't had yet, but I think there's going to you guys have to die off. <laughs> We're on our way. Relax. Um, but I think there's yeah, going to be, believe me. but no, I think there needs to be a groundswell of grassroots people who aren't mad as hell, not going to take it anymore and don't like the way the world is going. But right now, and I say this to you too, you all seem to be convinced. Well, just like the slaves were on the plantation. You Will guys Zuckerberg, are in control. Uh, hold mean, on, let me finish. Let me finish. You were monologuing over me. Cage match. Um, Zuckerberg owns the plantation, and you're one of his slaves. And you're you're convinced that you have some freedom because he lets you work for him from your couch on your phone anytime you want to. You don't have to punch a clock, but everything uh, everything that you do has to feed his idea of what success is not yours necessarily welcome to the world when i perform at a comedy club and they hire me for twelve hundred dollars for the weekend i have to fulfill their expectations of what they hired me for yes you have to connect with That's an audience their business model and they're no. you know i am their slave i'm getting paid slave wages i'm um being abused and I'm getting shoved in a broom closet and told, shut up until showtime and then get out there and dance, sure, funny sure, boy. Sure. So what so. are my alternatives? This is my favorite game to play is what are my sure. alternatives? Okay, mm -hmm. if I don't want to be a cog in Zuckerberg's machine, I could be a cog in, you know, the Instagram machine. I could be a cog on Twitter. I could be, no, 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 I'm going to go on NBC, which, no, I have to, there's people that are gatekeepers over there, you know, this is the system that provides the best in, you know, value on return for me. So I don't know another way that empowers me to do what I want, you know? Yeah. So I I'm not just post I'm, on there and get millions of views. What yeah, other I'm, system lets me do that? NBC doesn't let me buy airtime. No, I, I'm not talking about just you. But I am talking about society of which, and this is the weird thing. I'm just a cog in society. I can't do anything to change the system is exactly how um, that's how they want us. Um, but but speaking out about changing how people treat each other is zigging when others are zagging. It's the but shock. But it's an algorithm. This versus, thing was designed yeah. to be community. You know, this was designed to be the local fire pit where we would all go, hur, hur, caveman, good, me, yeah. big gorilla, yeah. you know? <laughs> so that, that, that campfire was dominated by whoever could uh, have the most social clout necessarily. Yes. So uh, there were rules to the campfire, you know? We live in a society, you don't have to participate. You don't have to click on the stuff that makes you angry. You can click on butts and and, uh, uh, and, no, no, and, no, no. and Zuckerberg will happily show you that yeah. all day. So that's like saying, that's like saying you don't have to eat processed food. You don't have to be 
controlled you by can the, grow a farm the, you yeah. can live in a bunker yeah. i know people that but, do that you know yeah it's a different yeah. life it's much harder and so uh, it requires a certain okay. amount of dedication but so we live in this thing option. called we live in this thing called civilization mm. Mm. you um, don't have to participate in it live off actually, the grid go make your own go make your own wind farm <laughs> all right and grow I've, your own I, food and uh and zip, live i think on the, i think his zip i think his shields are on maximum right now I, I mean, literally, prove me wrong like literally where else can you do that you know it's we not have about, that freedom it, it's it's not about proving anybody wrong it's about asp aspiring to something that's better i have a friend with a bomb shelter uh good in the back pocket he, yeah i mean like you know people live off the land and because they chew they say the cell phones are like no one is forcing you to get no, a facebook not, account i'm not suggesting any <laughs> of the things you're saying i'm suggesting well you called it slavery you know slavery yes. uh, represents no choice you have a choice don't play the game slaves had plenty the of game choices up. too do you want to be with uh, Thomas Jefferson tonight, or do you want to be with one of the other masters? They had choices. Look, <laughs> choices, uh, everybody has choices. But one choice that would be nice is for civilized people as a collective to realize that they need to be nicer to each other, uncontrolled by the media. So you're, you're saying it's hard for that to happen. There's nothing in place to make that happen. And that's precisely my point. So we actually agree. Uh, but I think that I think that once in a generation or once in a great while, this kind of shift comes from the groundswell of, you know, of people getting sick of it. Like, like, well, like if we quit drinking because we were sick and tired of being sick and tired, and and I I guess people seem too complacent to how much they're being controlled by now. If I had to sum it up, it's not about you personally, although I realize we might have might have seemed that way. Um, it's, uh, it's that people are really docile about being controlled right now. And that, that sticks in my craw. You know, when we were growing up, the Woodstock generation, you were a little younger than I was, but mm -hmm. right during the, those Woodstock years, you know, I graduated in 71. So from maybe yeah. 68 to 72 or 73 communes were huge living off the grid bunch of people just getting together hey get on the bus we're going out and living off the land so it still exists just in a different way yeah go eat some berries and see what happens i think this is good i think it's time all right i think it's time to play capitalism and and you know what yeah, i mean yeah. it was same so thing. zip zip you know you we were there and we can't even really convey it to Andrew because he didn't live that. He knows the classic rock as, yeah, my dad's music, some of it was pretty good, but you know, I thought rap was cooler and it's and it's old sounding now because of course it's old sounding, it's 50 years old. Uh, but the spirit that people had about caring about each other, and it was also anti-war, like to to now there's a war and there's no anti-war movement. I how there could not be an anti-war movement. I got to give the corporate overlords and the military industrial complex and big food and big pharma. And, you know, I, I got to give everybody credit. We are the most docile pets to ever be human beings in civilization. Cause it's pretty That's comfortable. <laughs> I mean, I've got a device. I can use it any time. I can instantly find TikTok, out. I'm okay. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I All mean, right. travel to That's other beautiful. countries and and yeah. go to Iran and tell them about how you're so oppressed. You know, tell uh, them. I mean, much worse it, it's, over there. It's yes. as good as it gets quality of life wise. I mean, mm -hmm. maybe we're not Sweden where they love everybody and everything's perfect, but. You know they pay seventy percent of their income in taxes or whatever. So you have got the talking points here. of both sides down 
verbatim. I mean, yes. you know, they're also at risk of being invaded by other countries all the time. And, sure, sure. Uh, you know, they don't have to spend a ton of money on defense. And, you know, one of the benefits of our borders that we yeah. murdered other people to create is that it's really hard to come attack us. You know, you got to travel across yes. the world in an ocean. And so, you know, we've sort of had this. Yeah. We also, you know, live in a very resource rich environment, which is what most wars are are about water or minerals or or Power, uh, money. you know, yeah. Oil, food, money. you know, always money. Yeah. Well, to always create money. you. Get, yeah, yeah, you get money from controlling resources. Yeah. All so. Right. So all right. um, uh, we have. Hold on a second. I just want to uh, the time. What time how, how, uh, we have solved all the world's problems. Thank you. That was good. <laughs> Um, I think we've had a more frank discussion than a lot of people have. I want to play uh, the second clip that we have of Andrew. This is a super funny piece I like from this one. Fargo. I love this one. I totally cr uh, cracked up. All right. This is Andrew. Uh, and when you go to a city, you sort of find out something local to make fun of in the city. It's a it's a touring comic comics uh kind thing they do because when a comic gets on stage and knows your city it warms you up right away to them and here's how andrew warmed up fargo north dakota i don't know if uh, you guys will uh get this because i've never been to the welcome center in the town that i live in but the fargo welcome center <laughs> is the only it's the only one i've ever seen with a heavy emphasis on murder <laughs> That is not very welcoming. Hey, welcome to Fargo. Great place to hide a body, don't you know? Seems like a bad slogan. Do you guys have any, like, cultural or, like, historical landmarks? Oh, yeah, in the display in the tiny corner over there. But don't you want to buy a murder t-shirt? I do, actually. I do. What I love about that most is that Andrew spent a year and a half growing his hair for that joke. Because <laughs> <laughs> the hair reveal was everything. Yes. Right, a couple things. It was a very yeah. fun moment for me. Uh, well, that was I, great. Like, great. I like the trickery and I, I, you know, it's, this is, it's so fun for me. No. All right. Very good. Uh, what a quick temp temperature check for everybody. I'm in uh, Las Vegas, Nevada. And it is currently, ah, only 114 degrees. Uh, what's your temperature in Seattle? Uh, we're at like 82 where I live right now, but uh, uh, I just came from Spokane where it was a solid 95. And um, <laughs> and a little so, bit of humidity. You know, it's, so that counts. You know what's funny? I, I joked about this last year because I've lived in Seattle for, you know, most of my adult life and... I never had to own an air conditioner until recently. So cool, uh, last year we had three days in a row over a hundred degrees and like, a, we had, uh, you know, something like a record 14 days over 90 and, uh, it's getting wild out here. So zip, aren't you, and uh, also heat is the yeah. uh, biggest killer of, of people, of all the natural, uh, things oh, really? heat kills the most people. Interesting. Zip, are you, because uh, you're in New England, are you doing massive flooding again? What's going on there? Uh, yeah, actually, it was pretty bad. Muggy, and it's probably 75, and it's 10 nah. o'clock at night or 9 o'clock. Muggy and so. 75. And I now understand Muggy uh, being in the desert. Your mom this morning got up, and we sat outside for a little while until it was about 100. Uh, and then she, she uh, today got very ornery because... <laughs> she realized this is the first day we were supposed to be in Hawaii. And then I had that heart AFib thing. So we're not in Hawaii. And today she realized for the first time that it was so hot that she was trapped in this very comfortable house. But she, with as you. soon as, yeah, with me, <laughs> thank you. And again, I, it has nothing to do you, with the house. It's, uh, yeah, it's no, the company. You, it's, you know? Even the couch is comfortable, but get me a different couch. I understand. Um, but uh, so she like started, you know, she, you, you know, your mom's and it was like, I was like, uh oh, how am I going to get her out of this? And I said, well, what do you want to do? 
and she just wanted to I just want to go somewhere. You never take me anywhere, which is so funny because if if there was a map of the globe with pictures of me and Lisa all over it, it would look like the globe has chicken pox, measles. But um, anyway, so we went to a casino, a huge casino that you could see from our backyard called, I think it's uh, sta- South Station. Uh, anyway, South massive, Point. South Point, thank you. And Andrew knows this because every time he comes over, mom goes, over there is where the Raiders practice, and that's South Point <laughs> Casino. And if you look to the left there, she loves to be a tour guide. And she's, you know, she does it with love. Um, it's in civilized love. It's the uh, anyway, it's so, the same tour every time, you know. I know. <laughs> oh, that's where the Raiders practice. <laughs> We're old. So uh, anyway, so she said, let's go to the South Point Casino. And I thought, sure. Let's treat it like it's a national park. It's going to be 76 degrees in there. And we're going to see wildlife, human wildlife with tattoos and all sorts of strange um, clothing that you wouldn't necessarily think you'd wear out in public. Lots of uh, uh, hippopotamus moving slow. Wow. Yeah. Well. Hippopotamus so the, grew wheels, apparently. Yeah. I hate to, I don't fat shame anybody or make fun of people for their physical disabilities, but I, I, I know you're at an I age do. where that's yeah. absolutely <laughs> yes, that yeah, still yeah. happens. Um, so we did. So we went. I absolutely do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The casino was so packed because I think other people had the same idea. And it is so huge that we walked like 1.3 miles just by going into all the wings and second floor and every nook and cranny. And, um, and then she was happy. And I was I was thinking like, that was a cheap date. We didn't spend a nickel. We just walked and and looked at people. And uh, and we do make fun of people when people are waddling in front of us. Cause they'll waddle and they'll just stop. Like they don't, it doesn't occur to them anybody's behind them. It's and, my biggest pet peeve traveling is in the yeah. airport. People just stop in the middle of the thing and go, oh. Or like any touristy thing, Vegas Strip, for example, they just stop in the middle of the sidewalk. Oh, there's not a picture of that on the internet, you know? Yeah, it's amazing how unaware people are. No spatial driving, no one has, I'm the only car on the road, I'll just camp in this left lane going 52 miles an hour. And it's not hard to believe that whatever they see on a screen from a newscaster must be exactly verbatim truth. Anyway, and that's their fault I, for not asking questions. Uh, the weak deserve uh, to die. In civilization, we care less about fault and more about, look, yes, some people win, some people lose. There's capitalism, blah, blah, blah. But let's make it, uh, let's make, have a certain amount of kindness so that we aren't um, hurting the the sum of the whole by not taking care of the people that need some help. Anyway, uh that liberal moment was brought to you by Liptard. <laughs> um, so, all right. Uh, I did want to say this also, because this has been fun. It's sort of an inaugural voyage. I did want to say this also. Looking at myself on camera and looking at Zip on camera and looking at Andrew on camera, I'm digging being in the desert because I got some good color on my face. <laughs> I'm not the healthiest person in this room, but uh andrew is but uh but having a little sun i don't even care that it's 115 outside i got air conditioning i go out this evening uh but uh but it does feel good and um yeah i do i'm surprised that the desert uh, this this is the hottest i mean it's 115 the record of all time was 117 they said they might have hit it today i didn't look but i'd rather this than muggy mosquitoes rain you know all that so i'm old so you'd rather drain the power grid so you can live in an uninhabitable <laughs> part of the world and contribute Absolutely. to global yes. okay all right cool yeah while uh, you put up with the billionaire you know, we just need to take yeah. care of each other unless it interferes <laughs> with my personal t- i like a balmy 67 so, and I, I just no. you know i can't sleep if there's not a little breeze could we get a fan going Look, the power yes, grid I is know one of that, my, uh, you yeah, know, energy yeah. crisis and we're running out of water and uh, but that's that's tomorrow's generation. That doesn't matter. 
We're not running out of anything. We're running out of ideas and innovation. We need like the power grid. That's that, that, the fact that we got to make a bigger power grid and that we have to convert to green energy is one of the big blessings of now. And the and the more we make it urgent, uh, the better. Uh, as far as water goes, the only reason we don't have water here is because they make something called almond milk in California. You know about that? <laughs> oh yeah, blame blame everyone else for living uh, in the almond desert. Almond milk, seriously? No, you're grow. Yeah. The United States grows the majority of its food where food can't grow, and we steal water from our own population to make almond milk. Uh, show me the tit on an almond. <laughs> All right. Uh, I think that's about all the time we have. I want to I want to take a second to say uh, thank you to uh, Mike, uh, Mike McMorrow and Mike and Matthew are behind the scenes. Maybe if you guys could throw yourself up on the screen for a little bit today, we're working with McMorrow Productions, who agreed to, to help us beta test this wonderful uh, software. Uh, Mike, you could put yourself on in post-production if it's not easy to do right now. Uh, there that's Matthew. All right. Matthew is in California. Um, Michael is in Seattle uh, in a very impressive uh, looking studio. Hey, Matthew, how you doing? All right, he's waving. And yeah, look at that. Isn't that impressive? All right. All right. Oh, master well, control. I, Beautiful. I think Remember, this it's was... not about blaming other people unless it's the sure. goddamn almond farmers. They're the ones <laughs> ruining everything. All right. It took us a while to get into our groove, Andrew, but I think we accomplished it. I love you great time thanks appreciate you yeah. love you yep. great job uh thank you for being an inspiration and uh, uh, uh yeah all the other bullshit i'll save yeah. the rest for when you're in the <laughs> casket but sure all right uh zip uh yes seriously thanks Godfather. for the free ticket to the studio audience yeah zip said he felt like a homeless guy who got free tickets to like a late night show performance and, and he's, and he is, uh, we handed out a thousand tickets. He's the only one who showed up. Uh, no, is it your, uh, your perspective? No is problem. It's my role. Good heart. I, I know. Much appreciated. Case. All right, everybody take care. It's, uh, it's the father and son podcast with Andrew Rivers and Bob Rivers. We have appreciated your time and hope some of it was thought provoking.